This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media's podcasts and other student work at garnetmedia.org. You got a haircut. Yeah, it's pretty fresh. Uh, went to my, my usual barber. He gave me a little bit of a little trim around the sides, you know? Am I going to see you in G.I. Jane, too? Listen, Steven, I told you to keep my name out your fucking mouth, man. <laughs> All right? Chris Rock looking ass. <laughs> Welcome to the Squawk. This is a podcast started by uh, Noah Trainer, myself, co-engagement director at the Daily Gamecock. And I'm Stephen Passis, the arts and culture editor. Uh, we are two student journalists, I guess, or I pretend to be a journalist, but really I just write movie reviews. And we love bullshitting about all kinds of culture stuff. And we thought it'd be really fun if we turned it into a podcast where we kind of talk a little bit of pop culture, you know, mass media type stuff. And then we mix in some local Columbia stories. Uh, we'll be having guests on the pod you know, I'm, I'm basically potting 24-7, like, in my daily life. Like, even though I'm not recording at all, like, I'm always talking to myself about ran- random stuff. And Yeah, pretty much always talking to himself, yeah. alone in the corner or something like that. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty insane. So we just want to manifest this energy into something that you might enjoy. Because as our friend Michael Saul said, it's free content, baby. Um, so here we are to deliver the content goods onto you the people follow us on uh twitter personals and squawk and uh follow us on instagram read our daily gamecock coverage uh it's gonna be the squawk underscore on both twitter and instagram we just grabbed those handles so uh follow us we'll be posting clips we'll be posting bloopers we'll be posting questions uh and little promos about upcoming episodes so it's gonna be a lot of fun we have probably the greatest starting topic uh, for any podcast that has ever launched in that uh, the Oscars happened last weekend, and at the uh, Oscars, uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I can't think of a better way to start our new podcast than to talk about something that really, really shook the world for a couple Absolutely. days here. Yeah, the slap heard around the world. Slap heard around I, the world. I think it's worth mentioning before we get into it that both of us pretty much joined the Daily Gamecock to write movie reviews. And although I, I love journalism now and, and that's what i want to do it's it's funny to look back on that yeah i know i've never reviewed a will smith movie for uh the Daily Gamecock. <laughs> they, been in black three. they haven't really been uh worthy you know but it's there's, there's some recent. good will smith movies should i do should i do like a retro rewind and do a review of after earth <laughs> yeah oh god that was so after bad. it was awful you've seen that right oh yeah, yeah. i've seen every m night Shyamalan movie it's yeah. I that, think that is particularly bad. After Earth, Lady in the Water, and um, what's the other one? Uh, Last Airbender are all yeah. half a star out of five. Wait, we could have a whole podcast devoted just to to Shyamalan, but let's Shyamalan, let's stick to We could to have Will an Smith. entire podcast, like yeah. not just podcast episode. We could have an entire podcast series devoted to M Night yeah. Shyamalan. Maybe we should. There's a lot point. to dig into. What are some good Will Smith movies, though? I mean, in Black's not bad. First Independence Day. Independence Day is pretty good. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. He's, he's like, backup character in that movie, though. Yeah. He's not even the main character. I mean, I like King Richard. That's the thing about Will Smith yeah. is, like, he's such he, a he's huge... He's a charming guy. He's such a huge movie star, but, like, 
I don't really love his movies that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really like Will Smith movies. I like I like Men in Black. I was really obsessed with those movies as a kid. Like, people are like, oh, finally, Will got his Oscar. He's due. It's like, well... Oh, due for what? Due for yeah. what? Yeah. Was Men he really, Black? like, a prestigious actor? I mean, he was nominated for Ollie, which is a Michael Mann movie. And y'all, you, you will find out from this podcast that I am the number one Michael Mann fan. Probably the, at the Michael University, Mann. At the University of South Carolina. So... Yeah, I'm Michael's man. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michael Mann's man. Yeah. Uh, shout out to at uh, Michael Manfax on Twitter. Great account, which my professor weirdly knows about. Uh, my advertising professor shouted out Michael Manfax, which is really Is that niche. your account? No, just no, no. It's phone. just a random Twitter oh, account. That's very funny. And somehow my advertising professor knew about this funny but niche Twitter account and shouted it out during class. So. Where to start with the Will Smith slap? I mean, he just got up on stage. We'll 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 play the clip for you real quick. Lord, Jada, I love you. GI Jane too. Can't wait to see it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that was a that was a nice one. Okay, I'm out here. Uh oh, Richard. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. So, yeah, he gets back to his seat. He goes, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. We open the podcast a little bit about oh, it. I have to interrupt you. I just remembered what he should have won an Oscar for. Aladdin, where he played the G. <laughs> best supporting actor. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you know what they should do is a best voice is a best voice performance category. I think that'd be sick because they have, like, best animated feature, best vocal performance. Yeah, that be is a cool category. Cool. He should have won for Hancock. Actually, Michael Mann's an actor in Hancock. Really? Yeah, it's like one of his only acting roles. He was in Hancock. Why is he in Hancock? I have no idea. It's so random. I think he might have been a producer. I'm not sure. He should have won for Bad Boys. I'm sure there are people that would make the case. Yeah, that's not a bad movie. I I enjoyed Bad Boys. I could see a case for for Ollie. Let's see if I have a... What what year did that movie come out? 2001? Let's see if I have a 2001 winner. So I have this massive Oscars spreadsheet um, where I have my winners for every category, my nominees for every category for like every year going back to like 2000. Basically any year where I've seen like over 25 movies from that year I have it filled out. Uh, Best actor for 2001 I have my winner. Smith and Shark Tale. My winner is Gene Hackman for Royal Tenenbaums and then my Oh that is good. My my nominees are Haley Joel Osment and AI, which I love AI. You love AI? I think it's an incredible movie. A lot of people don't like it. That's a hot take. Yeah, Yeah. that's a hot take. It's in my top we've talked about this. It's in my top three Spielberg movies. It's so long. I know. It's like a six hour movie. No, it's not. It's like two and a half. I I, honestly William Hurt is so good. He's also he just missed the cut for my best supporting actor nomination. I really liked AI. But I hated the first, like, hour. Like, the whole subplot where he's, like, their adopted kid. Well, that's the whole crux of the movie. I know. I know. But it's, like, it gets so, like, philosophical after that that I I enjoyed it. Like But the reason the philosophical stuff pays off is because you have that emotional core. If you don't have all that, then, like, the philosophical stuff, you just be like, all right, this is, like, 
Matrix 2. Like, yeah, <laughs> you'd be so. like, all right, like Matrix Reloaded, you're explaining to me all this like sci-fi bullshit, but it doesn't mean anything. But in AI, it means something. Yeah. All right, I so my, right. my other three nominees that year, Will Smith and Ali, Tyrese Gibson and Baby Boy, super underrated movie, John Singleton, um, and Guy Pearce and Memento. Oh, yeah, he is fantastic in Memento. Yeah. So we, I can't... We've talked about this before. I forget his name. I always forget his name. Um, but what's his name? The the backup guy in that movie that's like the best uh, best side character in every movie he's Joe ever Pantoliano. in. Yeah, Joe Pantoliano. Yeah. Joey Pants. He's in Midnight yeah. Run. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. In, he's in the Bad Boys movie, speaking of Will Smith. He will forever be the best side character in every... Well, okay, so the podcast, The Rewatchables, that I, I sent to you as a... Oh, uh, yeah. Like some homework. Some homework before we started this podcast. I don't know if you listened to it. Um, but they have a category for whenever they do a movie called the Joey Pants Award for Best That Guy. And it's yeah. like somebody you yes. see in movies and you go, oh, it's that guy, but you, you don't remember their name. Yeah. Um, and he's like the king of that. Although now he because he became the king of that, we know his name. Yeah. Um, but he's in like Risky Business. Like he's in yeah, so he, many movies. I love Risky Business. Um, he's he's in Bad Boys yeah. with Academy yeah, Award that. winning Will that. Smith. Academy Award winning Will Smith. Uh um, Simon Rex should have won, but was not even nominated. Uh, so, big sad. Red Rocket, phenomenal movie from this year. Other Oscar stuff. I mean, we could recap the slap. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that does rhyme. Let's, let's recap it. But it's it's it all comes down to the fact that uh, Will Smith is a uh, a cuck on the levels of Ben Affleck in Deep Water, the new movie <laughs> starring him and Ana de Armas. Yeah. Uh, just about how he can't stop his wife from uh, having sex with other dudes right in front of him. So he kills them. And Will Smith didn't kill anybody, but he did slap him. Although he didn't do anything to August when he slept with Jada. Right. So right. it's weird well, where he draws the line. Maybe. Maybe there was an altercation. The, yeah, yeah, maybe there's an altercation. And talk about that at the I table. mean, if you can publicly stain something like the Oscars with physical assault, then I feel like you can Who probably. Who knows what you'll yeah. do in private, right? Yeah. Yeah, their their whole relationship has got to just be something, something strange behind the scenes. Is obviously the the slap is systemic of something very wrong with their relationship. I'm sure. Yeah, it makes it very evident, especially yeah. the way she rolls his eyes and then instantly he goes yeah. from laughing to yeah. upset. It's like, ooh, yeah. that's a. Uh... And then his speech, his best actor speech, was embarrassingly bad. It was so bad. Yeah. He was like, I was just protecting my family because that's what Richard I'm Williams Richard. does. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, dude, don't don't compare you slapping Chris Rock to like Richard Williams yeah. raising his tennis playing daughters. Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, we've lived through moon the moonlight ordeal yeah. and this William Smith slap. That's too too insane. Does it get yeah. where do we go from here? Yeah, where do we go from here? Where does the Academy go from here? Like, is Lin-Manuel Miranda, when he finally gets his EGOT, like, maybe he'll do a strip tease? I think that's the only way we could, like, upstage it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the only I way I think a lot of people would, would, see the, would pay to watch the Oscars then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me, I would not be one of them, but that's There's a right. lot of Lin, Lin stands. Speaking of Encanto, <sighs> you didn't like it? Uh, did you? I I will be totally honest. I enjoyed the music of it. I it was good. It was it was good, right? But I put it on and I ended up playing it on my phone pretty much the only, and that is rare for me during a movie. 
I, I need to see what you gave it on Letterboxd. Uh, so Letterboxd is this app where you can rate movies and see what your friends rate them. It's oh, yeah, we're addicting. going deep into the, to um, the movie nerd culture. First yeah. episode, right in the Letterboxd. Well, the the goal of this first episode, normally we're going to have guests and talk about, like, you know, local Columbia stories and stuff. But we want you to kind of get to know us in this first episode. So we're just going to kind of ramble about our interests for a little bit. So bear with us, but at least it'll let you know where we're coming from in future episodes. Um you gave it a three and a half. I, I would say with kinda that, gen- so. Yeah. Kind of generous, I don't know. The uh, fact that yeah, you were on your phone three. the whole time. Well, but, but like the music, like when let's, whenever Bruno, mus- the we don't talk about Bruno, you know, I can't help it. I, 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 I feel a little tap to my foot. It's, it's, it's an enjoyable listen. It's good music, right? I'm just not also a seven-year-old, right? My main problem with it is that like. It doesn't transcend the childhood elements of it. Yeah. Which sometimes these movies do, sometimes they don't. Yeah. My problem with your review is not uh, that. It's that you said animation has reached a new level. The animation for Encanto sucks. Really? I don't yeah. even remember typing that. Um, Did I really type that? Yeah. I thought the animation was good. It sucks. It's like, te- it's like technically impressive, but like... Yeah. This is my problem. It just looks so real to me. This in is some elements. This like is my water. this is my problem with uh, recent Disney and Pixar movies. Is they all have adapted this house style of just like yeah. these big face characters. All the environments always look kind of the same. Like it, it they don't do anything that inventive yeah, with really their visuals. Anime. Like if you look at what Sony Animation has been doing with like Mitchell's versus the Machines and Into that, the Spider Verse, like both those movies. Yeah, like they have been taking the last couple of years they have taken Disney Pixar's lunch money in the animation category the last few years and it's kind of I'm kind of sad that uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines did not win best animated feature at the Oscars because I think it really deserved to that movie was a lot more inventive and fun than Encanto or Luca or any of the other shit nominated yeah. um, that that is a snub for sure and like I don't know. I watched the the Turning Red, which I know you haven't seen yet, Pixar's mm-hmm. new movie. Yeah, and what I, did you think of that? I thought the premise was really good, um, but again, like, think about like what they do with like The Incredibles and what they do with Wall-E and Toy Story, and like think about the way that their premises are elevated by the way those stories are told visually. And I just don't feel like new Pixar does that. Like Soul, kind of does it. Luca doesn't do it. Onward doesn't do it. Um, I, I will say I liked Onward just because it really hit home right in the, like, I, I love my brother story, right? <laughs> so if you don't, like, it really wasn't that great, but I will say there was something very charming about the brotherhood relationship of it. Yeah. But, See, I hate my brother, so oh, it doesn't... So, yeah. Sorry, Owen, that's that's a joke if you're listening. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he just motioned to me that it is not a joke, so... I did not, I did no such thing, Um yeah, I it just it just un, I was unimpressed. I was left unimpressed by Encanto. Well, t- while we're on the subject of Letterbox, slightly, what are your let's let's hear like maybe a top five for your Letterbox. I think that's a good telling point of my of top who five movies of all is. time. Sure, yeah. I almost started a podcast uh, last year with one of my with my friend Aaron, um, who I'm sure will be a future guest on the show at some point. Um, and our first episode was talking talking about our uh, top five movies of all time and we did like an hour and a half on it so you wow. asking me to break this down just like here wow like quickly is I, I don't know if i can do that but my top five movies of all time are five once upon a time in hollywood four the sandlot three magnolia two goodfellas one almost famous 
Okay. I can respect that. A lot of movies about, like, music and culture and, like, you know, what it means to be, like, important yeah. and things like that. I don't know. I find all that stuff really interesting, and all those movies are very beautiful and a lot of fun to watch, too. So Yeah. I um, The Sandlot's kind of my nostalgia pick. Sandlot? Yeah. I have so many nostalgia picks. I don't know what I, I don't. I, yeah, this I, is the man who gave Revenge of the Sith a five star on Letterboxd. He's like, you didn't like that movie? It made me who I am. I'm like, why? Because you kill young women or something. <laughs> I stand by that. That is a great movie. Um, that is a Shakespearean tale, Noah. Um, uh, I guess I guess some of my favorite movies. I think I think probably I say this. I don't know if this is true, but I think one of my favorite movies of all time is Swiss Army Man. Um, so I'm excited for the upcoming Daniels film. Big Paul Dano fan, big Daniel Radcliffe fan. Um, Noah and I both are big PTA fans, so I, I, I can't have a top five without one PTA movie. I would say my favorite is Punch Drunk Love, though. Um, I think it is a very beautiful yeah. movie. Um, I Magnolia like it. I like it. Good, don't though. love it. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I, I probably like Magnolia equally. I just. I, I love Adam Sandler. Punch Drunk Love really hit home. I don't know. I'll stick to those two being my some of my favorite movies right now. I really like. Um, I don't know. I'm looking through a list of some of my favorites. Big. Uh, I like Train Spotting a lot. That's probably one of my favorite Love movies. Love Train Spotting. Um, you really need to watch the sequel. It's so good. I need to watch it. Yeah. They yeah. Do, you had never a... seen any of the Train Spottings per like two weeks ago, and yeah. I told now, you. To now now I'm the expert. <laughs> yeah. Now now you're telling me to watch. Um, I, I really like this movie. It's kind of a random, obscure movie that maybe it looks makes me look pretentious to say is one of my favorites. This is a really good movie called Burning. Um, oh, I've Yen heard of that, but it. I haven't seen it. It is it is an incredible movie. It's so it, nothing really happens. It's very slow, but just visually, it, it's like it takes you into such a different world. I I had a phase in my life where I was really obsessed with the Coen Brothers too. Yeah, I've never been a huge Coen Brothers guy, but I will say Inside Lewin Davis is yeah. in my top ten. That's, that's probably my, that's one of my favorite movies of all 10. time. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. So you mentioned PTA earlier. Uh, watch my seamless segue as I go, speaking of PTA, um, Best Director, uh, Best Picture, and Best Original Screenplay, he was nominated and didn't win any of them at the Oscars this year for Licorice Pizza. And I was distraught because Licorice Pizza was my favorite movie I, of 2021. I think it deserves something. Best screenplay easily. I mean, Belfast won for best screenplay, and I yeah. saw Belfast, and that movie was like okay, but like it was nothing special. Like that, that, yeah. and the screenplay was probably the most unimpressive part. With with how many Oscars Dune got, Licorice Pizza deserves at least one. Yeah, Licorice Pizza just the music, the vibes, the seventies. Um, I think the whole discourse around it kind of hurt it a little bit, which. Ugh, don't even get me started on that. The whole like people being upset at that movie because of the age gap. Oh, yeah. So you're gonna pull that card? No, the I'm not pulling that no, card. I'm, I'm telling people kidding. that pull that card are annoying. Yeah, um, I'm. I I would not disagree that that had some impact on its for it not to win anything. I don't know. It it deserved at least some more than a nomination. I don't know in which category would have worked out well, but I I mean I I love. And maybe this is a, a a good segue on my part. I love Dune. I thought it was a phenomenal movie, visually, scoring, writing. But I I will say, I mean, I think I I have read the Dune books. I I prefer the books. I would say 
I think the movie did justice to them in a way, but I far more enjoyed watching Licorice Pizza than Dune. And yeah. Dune was a phenomenal movie, don't get me wrong. But I would just say, as far as, I mean, maybe if I hadn't read the Dune book, it would be different, but... I mean, I'm, I definitely agree with a lot of its uh, wins. Uh, cinematography definitely deserved yeah, I, that Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, visual effects definitely deserve that win. I actually would have picked it for Best Adapted Screenplay um, over Coda. Coda's screenplay was good, but it was a remake of a foreign film, so they didn't really do a whole lot of work there, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, whereas Dune is a very hard book to adapt to screen. Yeah, like an impossible book to adapt. Yeah, like we we both read some of it. I yeah. haven't read the whole thing, but I've read all of it. Okay, but yeah, That's it's it's dense, and the fact it. that they made it like easily digestible in the film yeah. format, I think. You know what I think they're doing? Easily digestible and enjoyable for such yeah. a dense story and complex story. So you know how in, like, 2001, Fellowship of the Ring got all those nominations and, right. like, a couple technical wins? And then, like, when Return of the King came out, it won, like, literally everything, yeah. including Best Picture? Yeah. I bet if Dune 2 is good... Wait, I bet Return it, of the King won Best Picture? I knew yeah. that. I oh, bet, my gosh. Yeah. I bet if Dune 2 comes out and is really good, I bet it wins everything. Because well, it'll also it, it, be like Denis Villeneuve is due to finally get his Oscar, you know. Yeah, he's kind of become they're teeing him up. To one win of the something. biggest, like both art and blockbuster directors, like he can do both, kind of like you know, like Spielberg and Fincher and PTA. Yeah. well, PTA doesn't he do can blockbusters, do but yeah, he can yeah, do both. He can do both for sure. You know, if anything, well, he does them at the same time. Like yeah. Arrival was a blockbuster and a really artful, interesting. That's probably movie. one of my same favorite movies. Yeah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Even though it you know, Arrival is an adapted. Uh, adapted from a short story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should read the short story. It's good. I love Arrival. That yeah, was like too. one of the first movies I saw in theaters where I was like, one of the first shit. movies you ever saw in no, theaters. No, no, no. One of the first movies <laughs> I saw in theaters where I was like, holy shit, I love movies, you know? Where yeah. I was like, this is like adult and cool, but like also it's entertaining, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It kind of opened my eyes. I think, what were we like, sophomores in high school when that movie came out? 2016? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I was still, like, hung up on Harry Potter and Marvel at that point. I wasn't, I didn't even, like, see it in theaters. Yeah, you were not enjoying cinema. Yeah. Uh, any other Oscar notes you have? I mean, you know, we talked about Hans Zimmer. I think. First win in 30 years. Yeah, I think Hans Zimmer deserves that. I think, uh, if anything, Licorice Pizza was snubbed because Hoffman's son is phenomenal. He should have, he should have at least been brought on stage one time. What a charming little little goofball boy. Little goober. Yeah. He's just such a little goober, and I love him. I know. I love him, too. He, he I would, want him to be in a PTA film. In another one? Yeah, another one. I want, he was in one. My dream for PTA is, he was saying this on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast, I mentioned the rewatchables earlier. They did an interview with PTA like four or five years ago now when Phantom Thread came out. And they were like, are you going to bring back Cruz at any point? You used him in Magnolia. Like, now Cruz has been doing action movies pretty much for the 20 years since he was in Magnolia and Eyes Wide Shut that same year and didn't and didn't win the Oscar that year, which is ridiculous. Um, but he's like, yeah, man, I'd love to work with Cruz again. I think he's one of the greatest actors alive. And obviously, you know, PTA is right about that. And then he made the, and he made the master, which is about, like, Scientology. I'm like, imagine if PTA gets Tom Cruise to do, like, a really difficult, complicated role again. Like, how great that would be seeing him finally do it after all yeah, these years of that. just action movies, you know? I mean, Edge of Tomorrow kind of has some interesting Edge of drama good, yeah. aspects to it. But he hasn't really done any, anything like that since War of the Worlds, you know? Yeah. I'm looking up Tom Cruise's... Oh, the new Top Gun movie will be a crazy, deep cinema 
philosophical yeah. commentary. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But yeah, I want to see PTA use Risky Cruising. Business 3 is coming out pretty soon. There was a Risky Business no, 2. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the posters I want to get for my room. Risky Business? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a sick poster to have. I have the... Jerry Maguire 6 coming out 2023. <laughs> we should have, like, the... Tom Cruise should do, like, the Marvel, like, <laughs> and the Tom Cruise cinematic yeah. universe plan. We were we just have, talking like, about I got, that. He's like, he I should have Jerry Maguire 6, uh, Risky Business 3, you know, Born on the Fourth of July, Redux, you the know, like, all extended these... Extended Cruise verse. <laughs> well, it might happen now with Doctor Strange and yeah. the Multiverse of Madness. Apparently, he's going to play a variant Iron Man. Ugh. Which I would we, we absolutely... We have our comments. That but, would be the only reason I would love that movie. Yeah. Well, that and Sam Raimi. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm watching for Sam Raimi, of course. Stay tuned for when next week we watch Moon Knight and talk about it. and We shit our Marvel for yeah, an we, hour. Yeah, we air out all, all of our dirty laundry with Disney and Marvel and the death of if cinema. You want, if you want to read my dirty laundry about how uh, Disney and Marvel killed cinema, there's a column on the Daily Gamecock uh, opinion section that I wrote about how all these corporate media mergers and basically military propaganda uh, of that's what Marvel movies are, and they've killed uh, any thought or attention span we had for meaningful content in this country. But I think it's worth really quickly, because I think we should probably wrap up pretty soon, but the... Um uh, last duel, a possible snub at the Oscars. It didn't get a single nomination. I know, yeah, but Ridley Scott didn't he say the same thing? Is that kids just watch their phones and Disney movies now? And the pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I hate to sound like an eighty-five-year-old man, but I agree with Ridley Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think. I, I, I think of the Oscar Oscar nominations. Uh, I, I, I can understand Last Duel not being included in them, but I think he's right, and I, I didn't enjoy Last Duel. Last Duel was in my top five movies of last year. It was actually my number two um, behind Licorice Pizza, and I thought Jodie Comer should have won Best Actress. Right beneath Sing she, 2. She's <laughs> right beneath Sing 2, of yeah. course. Um, you know what my pick for Best Original Score was, personally, over Hans Zimmer Dune? And I don't even really know if this counts, but Bo Burnham for Bo Burnham Inside. Yeah, I would agree with if that. that. If that counts as a score, that yeah, should have won. If, if, if that Apple, counts as a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. If Apple on their streaming service can win for Coda, Bo Burnham can get a can get a kickback yeah. of of a, of a win for something like to that. To be fair, I am very happy for Coda winning because I, I liked it quite a bit more than Power of the Dog. Even though I yeah. know Power of the Dog is probably a greater technical achievement, I connected more with Coda. Um, you know, as a straight white person, it's probably pretty basic of me, but um, it was good. It was yeah. good, and you know, Troy Kotzer won Best Supporting Actor. He was great in it. Um, not on my personal ballot. I had Mike Feist for West Side Story. He's so good as Riff. Yeah. Yes, he was great as a Riff. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. West Side Story, just one of the most beautifully directed movies. Yeah, Noah's, so, Noah, I didn't know this before today, but Noah Noah feels a, a deep love for what the new West Side Story, and he says it's Spielberg at its, at its best. Yeah, it's the best movie he's made since uh, War of the Worlds. Wow. So interesting. And War of the Worlds is so underrated. Fucking slaps. I would and say it's underrated. People are like, oh, I don't like it because like all the monsters just die at the end all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, but like. The Wait, first... how did they? How did? What happens in the end? Spoiler alert for War of the Worlds, which came out 17 years ago. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> basically, they like get a disease. Oh. It's like humans like have like 
the diseases on Earth are not suitable for those creatures. Right. So, like, okay. they start to die off after a couple of weeks on Earth. Oh, okay. Um, but the first 45 minutes of that movie is, like, literally, like, I wrote a whole paper on this for my horror movie class, which I took uh, last year. It was an English class where we wrote essays on horror movies, and we had to, like, define a subcategory of horror. And I, like, took that whole idea and ran with it and said, all right, 9-11 horror, like, movies inspired by, like, our, tra- like, collective national trauma after 9-11. And basically every movie Spielberg made after 9-11 says something about that. Um, but War of the Worlds especially. Uh, Minority Report does a little bit too, but War of the Worlds especially um, is about that. And just the, the panic and the way that they shoot that movie um, visually is just very, like, evocative of, you know, the ground footage and everything and like kind of like terrorism and it's really interesting i wrote a whole essay on it i'm not going to give you my whole spiel yeah on stay it. tuned maybe stay in the tuned maybe we'll do that some other time War of the worlds episode three uh, um but uh i also want to talk about um bob dylan came to columbia this yeah. week so just to kind of segue we'll hit some uh some local news here um, Bob Dylan played in Columbia yesterday. Yeah, that's uh, pretty Steven, cool. You had some thoughts I on saw, that. I saw, I mean, I think it's really cool that, you know, such big artists can kind of finally come back to, you know, Columbia. I, know, I think Columbia has a pretty cool live music scene, but it's definitely cool. Um, you know, J- I'm pretty sure James Taylor is coming. Um, St. Pat's was awesome. Some, you know, Blues Travelers, Surfaces. A lot of, a lot of really famous people have been coming back. That's been really awesome. Um, you know, while we're on the topic of, of local news, uh, I think we can highlight our segment of top top stories that are worth mentioning. Um, uh, Berea Tacos. Berea Tacos are back. Um, and we can, uh, we can now celebrate them. They're coming to clo- local restaurants. Um, they've been there. Um, one of the arts writers wrote a really great piece about these crispy orange tacos. So if you're looking to hear a little bit about their trends sort of blowing up um and i i personally have had them very delicious i think what the what the article sort of talks about is how this tiktok trend brought this maybe sort of obscure um food to sort of the mainstream and now a lot of restaurants are sort of bringing it bringing them in um that was a really great story were there any other stories you were you were thinking about for this week um, we had a head-to-head of Wordle versus Scrabble recently. Yeah. Isn't the guy who made Wordle's name, like, Wordle, but, like, W-U-R-D-L-E? Yeah. 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 And and that's why it, he was, like, a gift for his... Made it as a gift for his wife. Yeah. Then the New York Times buys it for, like, for like a cool, like, five yeah. mil or whatever. Like, yeah. that dude's absolutely winning. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for selling it. I understand the frustration. Because he had, like, no way to monetize it, so, like, yeah. why not sell it? And, yeah. like, I'm sure... Like, I don't... From a technological perspective, I don't really understand how he kept up with the sort of traffic that website was getting, I'm sure. Like, he must have had to. Like, he, he just ran it off his home computer or something. Like, <laughs> right. Just have millions yeah. of people logging in through his, his yeah. like, home Wi-Fi router. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, he probably bought a pretty big server or something. Yeah. One thing we want to do in the future on the show, um, obviously you guys are just kind of getting to know us here, but we will have writers on from Daily Gamecock as guests, so... You know, when they write a really interesting story, hopefully we can get the writer on. Maybe we can get the subject of who it's about on. Uh, we're definitely going to focus on more, like, music and, um, you know, visual art-focused kind of people, restaurants. 
uh, we have a really great uh, food beat reporter, Richie Holmberg. Um, hopefully we can get him on the pod someday to talk about some of the local cuisine he's discovered because he's really passionate about that. Um, you know, we have uh, our friend Max that I mentioned earlier is really passionate about movies, so he can definitely come on. We'll have a variety of peeps on here. Yeah, a lot to look forward to for sure. You know, we also have sort of on our radar local news coverage we, we're going to be talking about that's not Daily Gamecock. Um, there was a analysis piece from the Post and Courier comparing sort of the performative life of uh, Bob Dylan and Kanye. Can't believe Bob Dylan came to Columbia. It's a Bob Dylan fan myself. I, I, I kind of wish I could have gone. but Yeah, I do too. Um, I'm sad I missed it. Yeah. Whatever, I guess. Um, it's a cool story. I, I, I definitely agree with its point of, of the life that Kanye and Bob Dylan live, however controversial, are, are almost just as much of an art as anything else they put out. The fact that they change their personas all right. the time, yeah. Right. And it ends up with all this crazy shit happening. Like, yeah. kind, another crazy live TV moment in the vein of the Will Smith Oscars thing is Kanye saying that George Bush doesn't care about black people on yeah. uh, during Hurricane Katrina. Yeah fundraiser so you know that's definitely interesting yeah a lot of a lot of live tv kanye moments yeah i think will smith has surpassed most of them maybe not the the pete thing but everything (laughs) else for the most part schmeet davidson yeah skeet (laughs) yeah but anyways so uh that's gonna be it for us um we'll have we'll have more kanye talk we'll have more movie talk we'll have more daily yamcock talk back at you next week we're going to be releasing about 8 a.m. on Fridays uh, so you guys can get it heading into the weekend. And we can't wait to see you next week. This is just the start. We feel really good. The squawk's going to be huge. So stay tuned. Stay Follow tuned. us on our socials uh, at, at the squawk underscore on Twitter and Instagram. That's going to be it for us. And, and, and Stephen, Stephen, I'm going to let you finish this podcast. But before we go, I just want to let you know that the squawk – is one of the best podcasts of this year. All right? And 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 Taylor, you're not going to take that from Beyonce, okay? Okay, Steven? You're not taking that from us. This podcast is produced by Noah Trainer, hosted by Noah Trainer and Steven Pastis. Art and music by Steven Pastis, created by Michael Sauls.